This is Unexpected Beginnings, the neonatal unit. And she looked at me and said, your baby's very sick. Because I think she could tell that I hadn't really grasped what was happening. When you're the dad, you're the supporting one, so you have to kind of think practically. So you kind of worry about how you're going to be there with your child so far from home. We were actually saying goodbye, and it might be the last time that we said goodbye to her. Hello, I'm Caroline Verdon. And I'm Kerry Bickerdyke, and we've both had babies on the neonatal unit. In this episode, we look at poorly babies on neonates who needed surgery. When I look back now at having Fred, I feel that I'm able to say Fred was small, but not poorly. As in, yes, he needed all that help, and yes, it was terrifying. And yes, there were, as everyone's journey seems to be, you know, two steps forward, one step back along the way, and there were concerns. And But ultimately, he wasn't an unwell baby. He was just a small baby. And I know how worried I was. I can't imagine, really, what it must be like to have a baby who has some real problems. So being on the unit as a peer support worker, um, volunteering, giving a little bit of extra support when needed, I've met quite a lot of different families in different situations and meeting them and and speaking to them about how poorly their babies are but seeing the strength and determination that they not only they have but that little tiny baby it's just incredible now Michelle and Tim had baby Freya at 25 weeks and initially she seemed small but well but then out of the blue one night things took a turn So I went to deliver the usual bit of breast milk about one o'clock in the morning and a panicked looking doctor came rushing out and said, are you dad? I said, yep. I went and she said, your daughter's very, very sick. Um, We're going to transfer you to Newcastle uh, within a few hours Um, and the the transport team's on the way. You you might want to wake up mum and get mum to come. And at that point, I think Freya could have gone at any moment, so... They kind of braced us for that. It, I think for me personally, it didn't really sink in. And I think when you're the dad, you're the supporting one. So you have to kind of think practically. So I was already thinking, right, how we're going to get to Newcastle, how you know, how we're going to be there. Because obviously it's you know two hours drive from home at least. So you, you kind of worry about how you're going to be there with your child so far from home and, and everything. Um, but yeah, the the... the doctor explained uh, what she had she had um, neck which is necrotizing enterocolitis or bowel infection uh, that's quite often fatal in preemies especially preemies of, of that age at that at that gestation because she was still only um 25 26 weeks mm. i don't think i really fully understood what was going on for quite some time because i obviously i mean tim came and got me and said she's really ill you need to come We'd never heard of neck before and we didn't really understand. And they kept saying that it's an infection and it might be able to just be treated with uh, some IV antibiotics, but we just want to put her on a surgical ward where the surgeons are a bit like the delivery. We want you in the right place if you need surgery down the line. Um, And they kept saying the good thing is that it's been found early and the prognosis is much better. And So I remember thinking, oh, well, okay, well, we'll go and get this treatment and that'll be fine. Um... And it was when the transport ambulance came with the medics from the RVI and they'd said, oh, we've, we've, you know, we've told mum that because of COVID, she's not allowed to travel in the ambulance with Freya. 
And so I'd been preparing for a horrendous car journey, bearing in mind I was still recovering from my C-section. Um, and actually, the, the it was the doctor who turned around and said, this baby's very sick. And she looked at me and said, your baby's very sick. Because I think she could tell I hadn't really grasped what was happening. Um, and she said, mum's coming in the ambulance because this baby's very, very ill. And it was her who then kind of explained that she she might actually not make the journey and that we might need to pull the ambulance over at some point to do something with her or you know, start doing some work on her if, if things go south. And I, I just remember this sudden realisation that, whoa, what's going on? <laughs> um, and then I remember arriving at Newcastle in absolute floods of tears, sobbing and sobbing and sobbing and just couldn't speak. Um they told us that we were going to just look look into antibiotics and they started them immediately and, and then had surgeons come in frequently to see how she was progressing, whether she was going to need surgery or not. And then they'd sort of said things were stable and they'd we hadn't eaten or had a drink or anything since one o'clock in the morning. I think it was about eight o'clock by this point. So um, they'd sent us off to the room to try and get a bit of rest. And then by 12, they'd brought us a hot meal each and I remember us being so grateful of this hot meal and just starting to tuck into it <laughs> and then the nurse came and said oh the surgeons think that we need to open her up because until we open her up we can't assess what's going on in there so we're going to take her to theatre and we, we arrived on the ward and the surgical teams all stood there waiting to go you know oh oh right okay yeah. I remember we, we met the surgical team there that were waiting clipboard in hand and, and said uh, somebody needs to sign this uh, she might not make it um you understand that she yeah. may die, basically, and you, yeah. and we're like, well, we don't really want to sign that, to be honest. Um, but they weren't going to do the surgery without it, so you have to sign to say you understand and accept that she might die, like you're okay with it. Um, I remember the nurse had packed up all her things from around her incubator space and just handed me this box of her things as if she wasn't coming back. And um, I remember absolutely sobbing, so we walked behind the incubator down the long corridors and it felt very much like a funeral procession to me like we were just following the it was like following a coffin but then yeah they they lifted up the incubator cover so we could say goodbye to her and I think they meant you know goodbye she's off in theatre now and we'll see you when she comes out but to us it felt like because they'd really hammered it home that she might not make it that we were actually saying goodbye and it might be the last time that we said goodbye and that was I think for me, probably the, the worst moment of the whole journey, really. But Freya just opened her eyes and looked at us with this, this air of calm in her face, like, it'll be okay, I'll see you soon, I'm going to be all right. And we both said it was so weird. It's like she just knew and she was she was almost comforting us in that at that point in time and telling us, you know, mum and dad, I'm going to be okay. It was quite stressful at the time because we they, they did say we, we'll um, operate and if if we can do something about it, which would mean removing some bowel and putting the stoma in, we'll do that. Otherwise, if it's too severe and the perforations are all along the bowel, we'll just close her up and make her comfortable and let you come and say goodbye kind of thing. When they came back after 45 minutes, we assumed that they hadn't had time to do an operation or a procedure in that time and that they must have found that there was nothing to be done and closed her back up. Um, as it happens... Doing surgery on very small babies that doesn't take that long. <laughs> Thank God. So we, we didn't have much longer to wait until the doctors came and said, actually, yeah, it's all fine. Uh, we don't think there's any more perforations and we think we've caught it enough. 
Um, so it's just a matter of recovery now and eventually we'll close the stoma. And how's Freya doing now? She's fantastic. She's really well. She's she's some kind of m- medical marvel. <laughs> um, so so the, the the reversal operation happens um, about two, nearly three months later. Um, she was more or less at term once you had the reverse the storm. Yeah, so. so the original operation was at the start of April and I think the reversal was the end of June. Um, and... That operation just went really well, much better than the first, but I suppose it wasn't under emergency circumstances. Um, but, yeah, since, since coming home, she's obviously got a very large scar that spans the whole width of her tummy, and it's um, at her belly button, just above her belly button. It sort of touches. Um, but it's there's some puckering with that scar that um, probably isn't going to go away because the, the wound's tethered to the abdomen wall. Um, but otherwise, the rest of the scar is pretty flat and and back to skin colour. And she eats like a machine. Um, she's got no problems with her bowels, really. And um, the only thing, really, that we've come away with is a, a, a diagnosis of chronic lung disease. But other than that, she's a, a fit, healthy girl. She's just been weighed now and she's 19 pounds 11. She's much further along than that one pound three that we started with and uh, she's she's meeting all the milestones for her actual age um because i think you know until they're sort of two two and a half you go by corrected age so she should really be uh, like a 15 month old but she's actually doing what an 18 month old should do so she's yeah we go for our um six monthly pediatrician visits and he keeps saying how he feels like he's wasting our time bringing us in because there's just nothing to do and she's fine and everything's really well. You said um, one of the hardest things, or one of the many hard things, was that there was another baby in the same unit who had neck. Mm -hmm. Only the outcome wasn't the same. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she'd been born a similar gestation, maybe a little bit earlier than Freya, I think, actually. Um, But she had neck and we saw, we were maybe, I don't know, we were quite a few weeks down the line from that trauma and we saw essentially us coming back through the door. We saw these really upset, sobbing, crying parents with a very sick baby and we've the the room was so small that you, you can't help but know what's going on with everybody else's babies and the parents talk when they're in there and soon learned that she also had um neck and it was just you could have it was just the same wasn't it you could you you could have we could just see ourselves in it and they they did the same thing and put her on the IV antibiotics and tried to treat her conservatively and and then it was like no we're going to do theatre now and we saw her well she she came back from theatre didn't she she'd had the surgery but where Freya recovered I say recovered well there were, there were difficulties but where she did recover from the surgery and as well as you could probably expect this this baby didn't and um she just got more and more sick and yeah and then we learned that she'd passed away and I think there was a lot of trauma for for us and our Freya all the way through and there were a lot of difficult times when, I mean, I don't know how many times I've lost count that they told us she might die. Um, but we 
I suppose we we can talk about it now and we can put it to one side because we know she didn't and we know that she's well and she's okay, but I'm welling up now because um, that baby didn't make it and that could have so easily have been us. And this is why they say, isn't it, that if you have to spend any time on neonates with your baby, it's like a trauma ward because of all these different layers upon layers of things that you have to go through. Fiona Metcalf is the lead nurse for neonatal surgery at Leeds Children's Hospital and she sees daily just how hard it is for parents having a baby on neonatal who needs surgery. It's just a minefield. There's the all of the, the questions and the what-ifs and what's happening next and it's all in stages and things parents have sometimes fed back that you just feel like things are running away with you and you don't have any control. Um, and you're really trusting in the health professionals telling you what they're going to do and you trust, they're trusting that that's the right thing. And, and then there's just the worries. The immediate obvious worries are, is my baby going to be okay? Are they going to survive? Or if they survive, you know, is there, is there going to be more problems or? how am I going to manage taking my baby home? I found it hard enough going home with Mia, a due date baby, then going home with Charlie, a neonatal baby. So the thought of taking a baby home that's that's been a surgical baby it must be so difficult. So we know that, that we'll have to take the baby home with maybe some ongoing healthcare needs or some or some extra care. Um, and they may need to learn some, you know, technical procedures to be able to do that so that's really important that we're engaging and teaching and supporting families to do that very early on so that when you're looking at discharge planning and for things to go successfully at home that they have had plenty of opportunity that they're feeling absolutely really ready um, for, for going out that door plus also knowing what supports are available to them um, within the surgical newborn service we are very fortunate that Within the DGHs, I can go out and I can support clinically so I can support them getting home sooner um, and getting back to the local hospitals and that kind of transition um, and then support that discharge planning into the community. And then we have a neonatal surgical outreach team of nurses who will meet the families when they're on the ward. They will do a load of kind of any of that technical training or preparing for discharge. They will do a load of that work along with the ward nurses that are really experienced with with a lot of this, like stoma care or, you know, tube feeding or different things like that. Um, And they will do a load of that training with them until they're feeling completely confident um, and then they will help support them in the community. So our outreach nurses will visit um, surgical babies that have had surgery in the community all around the Yorkshire and Humber region. And that's something that isn't, you know, in, in every region. Um, so we're very fortunate that we've got that. And it's and it's a real bonus for the families that they have somebody at the end of the telephone to ask for advice after they go home or if they need somebody to come and visit and help troubleshoot some problems that they're having. Around the region for babies with ongoing healthcare needs, you know, we would do a lot of um, liaising and networking with um, the local teams. So local health visitors, GPs, community children's nursing teams. There's a lot of, you know, there's a huge MDT that's available to families. And we would go through that with them while they're in hospital so that they're aware. Not everybody needs all of that, you know what I mean? Some, you know, they're fine with support from their GP and health visitors, but we would have done a lot of communicating and, and signposting before that. And preparing families and answering their questions before they go home. 
specifically around the surgical condition and sort of safety netting so that they know what potentially could go wrong or what issues they may have so that they can anticipate some of that. Um, and then where do they go if they have a problem and who's best to go to for advice, whether it's the GP or whether you go to A&E or whether you're in your outreach nurse, that support is there and that training and education is, is happening throughout their stay so that they feel really ready for going at home. It's really, really difficult. You you beg for it and hope for it for so long and then it comes and it still feels like a bit of a shock. On our next episode, we're going to be talking about going home and that next step in the journey. To find out more information on anything you've heard about in this episode, do check out the links in our show notes. Unexpected Beginnings, the neonatal unit, is recorded in conjunction with Leeds Children's Hospital and funded by Leeds Hospitals Charity. As the official charity of Leeds Teaching Hospitals, they support NHS staff to deliver the best care for patients and their families. Generous donations have funded life-saving equipment, research, fellowships and improvements to the patient environment. Every penny donated helps to support the hard-working staff across the hospitals and enhance the experience of patients and their families. To find out more, head to leedshospitalscharity.org.uk. This podcast was created and produced by Under the Mast Creative Audio Productions.